Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the difference between traditional mutual index funds and exchange-traded index funds, or ETFs. When you buy an index fund, you have the option of buying a regular mutual fund or an exchange-traded fund called an ETF. For example, Vanguard has VTSAX, a total stock market U.S. index fund, which is a traditional mutual fund, and VTI, a total market U.S. index exchange-traded fund, or ETF. Mutual funds and ETFs, regardless if they are indexed or not, are both collections of individual stocks and or bonds. Since they are a collection of stocks and bonds, they both give more diversification, and they're both considered less risky than individual stocks and bonds. They both give a variety of investment options. So what are the differences between buying a mutual fund and an exchange-traded fund, and how should you choose which way to go? For the purposes of this podcast, I'm assuming that you are a long-term buy-and-hold investor and not doing day trading with ETFs. ETFs must be purchased by the full share, whereas mutual funds can be purchased by fractions of a share. So if you want to make an investment of a round number, say $5,000, then it may be better to go with the mutual fund route. For the ETF route, you'll end up purchasing a little less than $5,000, the difference depending on the price for a full share. For example, if the share price is $136, then with a mutual fund, you can actually purchase 36.764 shares and invest $5,000. But with the ETF, you can only purchase 36 shares and invest $4,986, leaving $104 not invested. Because ETFs are sold by the share, the minimum price is generally less than the equivalent mutual fund since you can buy just a single share. This could be as little as $50 or maybe even less. Mutual funds generally have minimum investment amounts that aren't based on the fund's share price, and it's usually a flat dollar amount. Most Vanguard mutual funds have a $3,000 minimum initial investment. ETFs are traded throughout the day, which means their pricing changes within a single day. This allows investors to use more sophisticated order types, like limit orders, and to have more control over the price you pay for a share. You can still keep things simple with a normal market order and buy whatever shares are currently trading at, so you don't have to use these more advanced orders like limit orders. Mutual funds have one set price at the end of the trading day, so you don't know what price you're paying until after you place your order. Anyone who has a buy order for the day gets the same price, no matter what time they put in the order when they're putting an order for a traditional mutual fund. There is no ability to use limit orders or stop loss orders with mutual funds. So if you are a more sophisticated investor and you like to use these specialty order types, then you may prefer exchange-traded funds. On the other hand, you can't place repeat automatic orders with the ETF, but you can with a mutual fund. So if you want to dollar cost average or set up a reoccurring buy order so that you're making investments with every paycheck, then mutual funds are the way to go. Otherwise, you would have to set up a reminder in order to place an order for an ETF every time you want to make a purchase. With mutual funds, you can set up automatic investments and withdrawals into or out of a mutual fund. ETFs can be more tax efficient compared to mutual funds. 
Generally, holding an ETF in a taxable account will generate less tax liabilities than if you held a similarly structured mutual fund in the same account. This won't matter if you're investing out of a tax-advantaged account like your retirement accounts or 529 accounts or health spending accounts. This also doesn't matter if you're investing in Vanguard index mutual funds because their index ETFs are actually a share class of their mutual index funds. From the perspective of the IRS, the tax treatment of ETFs and mutual funds are the same. Both are subject to capital gains tax and taxation of dividend income. However, ETFs are structured in such a manner that taxes are minimized for the holder of the ETF and the ultimate tax bill, which is after the ETF is sold and capital gains tax is incurred, is less than what the investor would have paid than with a similarly structured mutual fund. Even with index funds, a mutual fund manager needs to constantly rebalance the fund by selling securities to accommodate shareholder redemptions or to rebalance asset allocation. The sale of securities with mutual funds creates capital gains for shareholders, even when shareholders aren't actually selling the shares of their fund. An ETF manager can accommodate investment inflows and outflows in a way that does not expose a shareholder or investor to these capital gains. Now, again, this isn't true with the Vanguard ETFs, but is true with other ETFs from other companies. ETFs have higher transparency than mutual funds, since mutual funds only have to disclose their holdings every six months, whereas you can find the holdings of an ETF on any given day. If you're investing in index funds, this level of transparency doesn't typically matter, since presumably the holdings are all the components of the index that you're purchasing. ETFs tend to have a lower expense ratio than the corresponding mutual fund, but the difference is generally very small. Fidelity actually has zero expense ratio index mutual funds, which, as far as I know, the cost of these index funds must be subsidized by Fidelity itself as a way to bring in more customers. From the consumer standpoint, you aren't really going to get any lower than zero. Fidelity has brokerage accounts with no cost to set up or maintain, and there's no commission cost to buying Fidelity mutual funds. Considering this and the fact that there's no expense ratio for these select index funds, there's really no cost to investing in these index funds. The animal shares of Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund has an expense ratio of 0.04%, while the equivalent ETF has an expense ratio of 0.03%. So we're talking about very low difference, 0.01% difference. With ETFs, you do have to deal with the cost of spreads, premiums, and discounts, and possible commission fees, so the, that slightly lower expense ratio may not actually make up for those. Paying the spread occurs whenever you buy or sell anything on an open exchange. The spread is a difference for what you can buy a share for compared to what you could sell a share for. The buy price may be $100, where the sale price might be $99.95. The $0.05 cent difference is the spread. The spread for frequently traded stocks and ETFs are generally very low, but for infrequently traded stocks and ETFs, it could be higher. If you're buying a popular ETF, like Vanguard's index ETFs, the spread for these ETFs are generally very low, and it is generally better to stick with ETFs with a low spread. Premiums and discounts refer to the price you pay for a share of an ETF compared to the total value of the securities in the ETF, also called the net asset value, or NAV. If you pay more for a share than the underlying value, then you're paying a premium. If you pay less, you're getting a discount. This is generally not an issue, except in times of severe market volatility. 
Mutual funds do not have this problem since they trade at the end of the day, so the price equals the net asset value at the end of the day. Depending on where you're buying and selling your ETFs and mutual funds, you may also have other costs like commission fees or account maintenance fees. You may want to consider what you want to do with your dividends. If the ETF or mutual fund is held in a retirement account and you're not withdrawing from the account, then you'll likely want to reinvest your dividend. With mutual funds, you can automatically reinvest your dividend. With ETFs, automatic reinvestment of dividends may not be available or may only be available for certain ETFs. If it's not available for your ETF, then you'll have the additional hassle and possible cost of buying more ETFs with the dividends including having cash not invested, since with ETFs, you have to buy a whole number of shares. If you can invest your ETFs automatically with ETFs in your retirement account, then you may be better off with a mutual fund. If you're investing in a taxable account, you'll want to consider if you want to automatically invest dividends. This can create a lot of small transactions to keep track of for tax reasons. And because of that, you may not want to actually reinvest all your dividends. So there you have it, the difference between ETFs or exchange-traded funds and mutual funds. In the end, the difference between the two is minimal and shouldn't stop you from investing. Generally, if you're investing in a retirement account, you'll probably just go with the traditional mutual fund so that you can do the automatic investments and automatic dividend reinvestment. If you're investing out of a taxable account, you may be more likely to want to actually buy ETFs instead of buy mutual funds. But again, if you're investing in Vanguard, it really doesn't make much of a difference. The most important thing is to be investing and to continue to do it even when the stock market's going down. After all, when the stock market is low, you're getting those shares at a discount. As Warren Buffett once said, it is wise for investors to be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. I hope this episode clarified the difference between index mutual funds and exchange-traded index funds. If there are any other investing concepts that you would like clarified, please let me know. I'd be happy to make an episode for you. You can always contact me by emailing growyourwealthymindset at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.